Games one, two, and three were really close. We we're all close games up until the end, and then it's just everybody it's getting in every yeah. in game four. But had Cleveland won game one, I think they had a chance. But I still think that I, I think had they won game one, I think Golden State would have because Golden State came out in game four and was like, "We're going to put our foots on their throats." I mean, it was obvious the way they came out that game four. They were just like, we don't want to just beat them. We want to kill them. And they did. And yeah. LeBron's like, because LeBron is not stupid. LeBron would rather go to the Western Conference Finals or would rather go to the West and maybe never make the finals again because Michael Jordan is 6-0 and in the finals. That means in nine of the other years that LeBron, that Michael Jordan played, he did not make the NBA Finals. Whereas LeBron is three and six, so he's already been in the finals three more times. But every time he goes to the finals and plays a team that he just cannot beat, it just it's another knock on his legacy. So if he goes to the West and he doesn't make the finals, he can say, okay, well, it, it doesn't damage his finals record any further. Yeah. Whereas if he stays in the East and goes to thirteen finals in a row, all they're going to say is, look at the losses yeah. when he's when really, if you think about it, LeBron should be. LeBron could very easily be 1-8 and eight in the finals, and I'll tell you why. They probably should have lost to San Antonio the first time they played him without Ray Allen hitting that shot, yeah. and they really shouldn't have beat Golden State in the finals the year they beat him. There's no way he was going to beat San Antonio at 22, oh, or however no old. Way. Or 20, no way he was going to win a championship at 22. Dallas, we'll, we'll, let's go through LeBron James' finals real quick. I'm going to do this very quickly. 2007, no way they could have won. Would have been the biggest upset in NBA history. Tim Duncan and all those guys in their prime. I mean, but LeBron did play bad, but he was 22. Okay, Dallas, 100% on LeBron. San Antonio, he wins. Or Oklahoma City, he wins. San Antonio, he wins. Plays great in Game 7. The next year in San Antonio, you could say, is a toss-up, but LeBron averaged 38 in the finals, and his entire supporting cast fell apart. Next year, he goes to Golden State. Or he goes to Cleveland. They play Golden State. He basically has no Kyrie, no Kevin Love, and they win two games. They win that, one of the greatest upsets ever. The next year, he wins the finals against a 73-win team, one of the greatest upsets in NBA history. Then they add Kevin Durant. If he wins that, one of the greatest upsets in NBA history. And then this year, uh, he would have beat that team. That would that would, that would would be the one of the biggest upsets that might be the biggest upset in the NBA Finals history since the Lakers lost to the Pistons in 2004. So that's LeBron James' career. And and people want to, like, and I'm not making excuses because, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, I mean, you can make an argument that LeBron could have been the MVP of the Finals in two of the years that he lost. I agree. I agree with all that. 
or three three of the years. Because if you look at 2005, if you look at 2014, they gave it to Kawhi because he quote quote shut down LeBron, who averaged like 28 in that series. Yeah. Then you go to 2015, where LeBron averages like 34, and he would have averaged 40, but he had one 20 point game in a six game series. They gave it to their fifth fourth best player for shutting down LeBron, even though he almost averaged 40 in that series. And then Kevin Durant won it last year. He deserved it, though. And LeBron averaged a triple-double. But I'll I'll, I'll say that Kevin Durant deserved that one. And this past finals, Kevin Durant deserved that. But if Steph Curry doesn't go ghost in Game 3, that's Steph Curry. This is my problem with Steph. Steph's got three titles and no MVPs in the finals. And this was the year that he should have won it. Because he was great in Games 2 and 4. And he was pretty decent in Game 1. But we never talk about Steph losing that finals to LeBron, and we never talk about his lack of MVPs. Nope. Kevin Durant has basically created a narrative that we can consider Steph Curry and Kevin Durant all-time greats who couldn't get the job done on non-super teams. Remember, because uh... he was terrible. Like Steph was terrible in 2015. Yeah. And he wasn't great in 16 either. He was good last year, and he was really good this year. Durant couldn't beat Golden State. Yeah, but remember our narrative about uh, why Paul George wanted to stay in Oklahoma City? Oh, yes. There's a reason Steph Curry surrounded himself with Kevin Durant and people like that. Is if he's not making shots, at least maybe Clay or KD can bail him out. Yes. Because there's times where Clay Clay will get on a hot streak and it'll kind of bail him out. But that team, if all of them are clicking, even without a DeMarcus Cousins, because let's be real, this is a one-year rental. Oh, there yeah. There's no way he's re-signing for a league minimum or a better minimum or whatever you want to call it, exception or whatever it is. And remember what I told you all last week about how they can't give him like a, a super extension after just one year. Um so yeah, it's a one-year rental. Yeah, they can't. They don't have the cap space for it anyways, because right now they're right on the cap. Because why did you think they had to give them the, the exemption in the first place? Oh yeah. So there's no and way. He like, only and he only took that because New Orleans didn't tender up an offer early enough, and Demarcus Cousins is an emotional guy. He got pissed, and Golden State offered him a contract. So did you see what Steve Kerr said uh, about when asked how to handle an emotional player? He said, I, oh, what think, he said. I think Draymond Green has taught me well. Oh, that's awesome. Because it's, it's so true. Like, if you could deal with Draymond, you can deal with DeMarcus Cousins. And the great thing about the Warriors, that I will say this, Steve Kerr has learned something that those guys pretty much police themselves. Oh, and yeah. so Remember you've they- got – the game in Phoenix where they're up by like 40 and Steve Carroll was just sitting on the bench not even saying anything. Oh, and they actually like literally coached the, them, coached the game themselves because yeah. you have guys like, listen, I'm not a Warriors fan, but I'm not like F the Warriors. Steph Curry's a really good dude. Kevin Durant's a really good dude. You have guys that have championships in this league. You have guys that, and even Draymond can be emotional, but I don't think Draymond, I think Draymond has gotten really good at towing the line. Draymond's never... emotional in the correct ways at times. Yeah, like Golden State needs that out of him. That Draymond, especially now they have Durant, and so when you've got guys like 
DeMarcus Cousins won't be a problem because I think DeMarcus Cousins is so much alike with Draymond Green, and Draymond Green has titles, and Kevin Durant is an MVP, and Steph Curry is a two-time MVP, that anytime, like, and, and DeMarcus Cousins is going to be on a winning team for the uh, for the first time in his career, not counting New Orleans last year, but, yeah. the, but, but really, I mean, this team that he's on, and he's not going to have to shoulder the burden, and he's not, I mean, he knows that he can't treat Steve Kerr the way that he treated George Carl. Oh, no. And I don't like George Carl anyways. Um, from what I know, I don't know him personally. So I, I, let me take that back. I'm not a George Carl fan of just how his career has gone and how he doesn't get along with superstars. Be very clear, I don't know George Carl at all. But um, he's had issues everywhere he's gone with superstars. Um, talk to Kenyon Martin. Yeah. Oh, but, he, he blasted Kenyon Martin's book. Oh, yeah, and, and says things about these guys not being raised by their daddies. It's like, listen, this, this stuff, I don't, I, I mean, I think there's a reason George Carl doesn't have a title. I mean, Michael Jordan is a reason to do with one of those years, but he couldn't get along with Sean Kemp. He couldn't get along with Kenyon, Carmelo, and Iverson. He couldn't get along with DeMarcus Cousins. I just, I am not, I just, I think it's one of those things where, like, if a, like when T.O. had issues in San Francisco, he had issues in Philadelphia, he had issues in Dallas. At some point, if you have issues everywhere you go, maybe it's you. Like, yeah. m- maybe you're the problem. Not you, of course, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and so, when your pattern of behavior follows you, and so DeMarcus Cousins has not... The only coach DeMarcus Cousins ever got along with, they fired, and that was that Malone guy that ended up... They, that they had to... I think he went to... Oh, he went somewhere. He's, I think uh, he's a uh, Sacramento had him, and then oh, he's a Denver head coach now. And so I think it's Mike Malone. Um, don't don't quote me on that, but yeah. So that'll be interesting. But he got along with Rondo, and he got along with Anthony Davis. So I think Demarcus Cousins just wants to win. But that team's going to be scary good, even though Demarcus doesn't really fit what they do. But he can just kind of, I mean, he can be the fifth best player on the team. Even though talent-wise, he's probably the third best player on the team, which is crazy. Yeah, because he's an overall better player than Clay Thompson, and that is not a knock against Clay Thompson. But Clay, just because Demarcus Cousins is as big as he is, and he learned how to shoot threes. I mean, people forget this dude averaged twenty-five a game last year. Yeah, that's who Golden State just added. And for all the people mad at Golden State for doing this, you can be mad at the players who are like teaming up and all this or whatever. But if I'm a GM, isn't my job to put together the best collection of talent that I can? And Golden State found a way to do it. Yeah. But they're not operating on different rules. Yeah. They're, they're operating on the same rules everybody else is. They just got lucky and got Kevin Durant the one year they could get him. Yeah. But can we for real stop the narrative that everybody in Golden State's taking pay cuts? Because I'm pretty sure that Steph Curry just signed a $200 million contract. And I'm still pretty sure that Kevin Durant signed a two year, $61 million contract, too. So, pretty sure those two guys are making like $60 million a year combined. Can Listen, I'm going to talk to the fans real quick. And I hope I'm not coming off as the guy that bashes fans. Because technically, that's what I am. But listen, if you want to know how the NBA salary cap works, go look it up. It's a soft cap. So, the, the, the collective bargaining agreement originally designed this CBA which is why that only the team that you're currently signed to can give you a five-year contract. You can go over the cap to sign your own players. Now, 
but and that's where the luxury tax comes in. And so what happened with Kevin Durant is that this the cap spiked twenty million dollars. And so they were able to and Steph was still on his first contract or his like second extension. So but here's the thing, when they have to pay Clay and Draymond, you can you can you can pay those players as much as you want as long as they're under contract for I think it's a certain number of years. Now what that does is it greatly reduces your ability to sign other players, but if you Golden State just coaches their players better because you think that Sean Livingston and Iguodala and all these guys by themselves are going to be as good as they are in that Golden State system? No. The Patriots do the same thing in football. They get a bunch of guys who they don't pay a whole bunch of money, who they coach up to do the things that work well for that system, and they win. That's what happens. That's what Golden State does. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Now, the question is, is they want to do it so they're going to try to do a deal for Clay Thompson but Clay Thompson's not going to do it until next year yeah. there's no reason for him to they're going to so. have to find loopholes uh, to keep this core together because DeMarcus Cousins is only playing one year so let's just stop this they're going to keep it all together it just comes down to will Clay, Dre and Steph and uh, KD all coexist because they all can't make $30 million. And that would be something that I would have to look at within the cap because I think it, since they're all under their four-year deals or whatever, I know they can keep them all, but I think that somehow the way that works is they can all get max contracts. The luxury tax will be through the roof, but then it'll... So they, they can re-sign all four of them, but then basically the rest of their roster will be minimum contracts and then they'll have the trade exceptions I I looked up all these rules I looked up on Wikipedia these rules are so complicated they they have two year bird rules and three year bird rules and I just found out that uh, um, I just found out Boston can't sign Anthony Davis to a contract because he so there's a Derrick Rose provision that if you basically either win an MVP, defensive player of the year, and make two all-NBA teams in your rookie contract, then you're eligible for a special max contract. Well, because Anthony Davis, because Kyrie Irving already fell into that by going to two all-NBA teams, you're only allowed to sign one of those guys. So now they can't sign Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah, I didn't even know that. I found that out like last week. I actually said it on a on the podcast that I'm going to send to you, so you can post it in the archives. But yeah, so little did I know that Boston is not allowed to sign because what happened was is they made that provision because Derrick Rose won an MVP in his rookie contract, and so when they did the CBA, they wanted to reward guys who what they call is outperforming your rookie contract, and so oh, if you yeah. want to. So, so basically, in your first four years in the league, if you win an MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, or two All-NBA teams, which is really hard to do that early in your career, they reward you by giving you the Derrick Rose contract or Derrick Rose extension. I can't remember. It's called like the Derrick Rose rule or something. But you can't sign two of those guys, which I don't know why that makes a difference because you could just wait until all that guy has to do is go sign a two-, three-year deal, and then you can go sign him after that. Um so, yeah, the, the NBA salary cap is really complicated, but all the teams have the same parameters. It's just how yeah. much does your owner want to pay that tax bill? 
Yeah. Because Oklahoma That's City right down to is the tax bill. And yes, Oklahoma City's tax bill is going to be like Cleveland's. Well, it's going to be worse. It's the biggest in NBA history, and that's, that's why they're trying. That's what. That's why they're trying to buy out Carmelo. It's going to save I think, them like a hundred million dollars because their their total salary is like three hundred million dollars. Which I, I'm all about players getting paid, but I don't understand why you would have a salary cap if there's not really a salary cap. Yeah, it's just they because, wanted a number so they could triple it or whatever. Right, and then. So only the only the teams that have I mean basically if you're not, if you haven't been good in the past two or three years and you're not an attractive you're not an attractive destination for free agents your best bet is to hope that you hit on a couple of guys in the draft and then you can sign them and then they get so good that maybe get one more free agent on a max deal and that's the only way to build a team and Cleveland just like I some, mean, some people have brought up the notion of walking people. Why can Oklahoma City buy out uh, $28 million from Carmelo, but you can't buy out a West Matthews in Dallas? Or uh, Dwight Howard is now getting bought out. But like that, it's like, well, if you're not win- The thing about uh, Oklahoma City is they're winning. So they're going to be playing playoff games. And that's money in the bank for the owner. So he's like, you know what? If I build the best team possible... I say myself, yes, I give away $30 million, but I'm saving me another $70 million by getting him off my uh, uh, now, tax. Now, you, now you're saying Dallas is not allowed to buy out Western no, Matthews, no, no, or they're not just allowed. not going to? They're not going to. Well, yeah, because Mark Cuban isn't going to pay Wesley. And, and it's two different players, right? So Wesley Matthews' salary and Dallas's record the last two years doesn't constitute you needing to get rid of him that badly. I agree. Like, they're not contending in the top of the conference regardless of if they have Wesley Matthews. Let's say they bought out Wesley Matthews and then they got like another top free agent. They're still not going to win the West. Whereas Oklahoma City has Paul George and Carmelo and they're saying, listen, we have this huge tax bill. It is, and, and and it's because it's Carmelo. Like, Oklahoma City was in a situation where they absolutely did not want Carmelo to opt in. And Carmelo's like, I'm getting my $28 million, which he's absolutely right to do. Like, if you're a player that's oh, never yeah, going to get this gonna... contract again, like, you can't get mad at Carmelo for I that. Carmelo, that's a business like, decision. I'm going to opt in, even though I, I know they don't want me. I'm going to opt in, so they're forced to give me this money because I know that I'm going to have to sign for the veterans minimum if I go somewhere else. Because if Carmelo had balled last year and was not Carmelo Anthony because of how he plays, and because I don't think Carmelo's a bad dude, I don't think he's a bad teammate. He's just stuck in this "I'm a superstar" mode. But if Carmelo was, let's say, LeBron or D Wade in his prime, they would absolutely want him to opt in and stay. It's like LeBron, you know. Now Van Gilbert might have wanted LeBron to opt out, but he's an idiot. So <laughs> this is true. Like, congratulations getting your franchise back, and then. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Now, Dan Gilbert did pay those luxury taxes all those years and paid millions and millions of dollars, but hey, you're a billionaire. I don't feel bad for you. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think LeBron ever buys a team? I'm sorry, say that again? Do you think LeBron ever buys a team? I think LeBron will buy the Cavaliers at some point. I do, too. Wow, we agree. That conversation went by fast. Well, someone thinks he'll buy a team before the Cavs, but I mean... Um, there's talk that P- 
people have wondered if LeBron would ever become the commissioner. Oh, no. Um, I don't think that would happen because I think LeBron actually wants people to like him in some regards <laughs> and no one ever likes the commissioner. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's, I, I think it's LeBron really wants his entertainment company to go like I, he wants to be, I don't want to say he wants to be Jay-Z, but I think with Jay-Z having a sports agency and then with it now Jay-Z has rock nation and Jay-Z also is now in business with Puma. I think Jay-Z wants, I think LeBron wants an entertainment company along that level. But, and I think that if LeBron ever, because people don't understand regular billionaires don't buy sports teams it's the super billionaires it's the guys that are don't care like jerry jones and mark cuban the guys the guys that can afford to pay two billion dollars for a team and then know that they're going to make money but they're still operating other businesses we're a long way off from lebron having that kind of money yeah because really you would need you would really need oprah money because when like when jay-z talked about oh i own the nets jay-z owned like a tenth of a percentage of the nets and I'm not hating on Jay-Z. Jay-Z and Beyonce combined have a billion dollars, but you don't, you're not a billionaire that has $5 billion and you spend two of it on an NBA team. I mean, yeah. cause like you're one of these guys that are a multi, multi-billionaire. You can afford to buy this team. And then, yeah. So I think, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, I think LeBron early in his retirement will be away from the game of basketball. When what I mean by that is like he won't be involved in any official capacity with the NBA. Now he'll still be around because he he's an all time great. I think ten years after he leaves the game is when I think he'll start invest, or maybe he'll buy a minority ownership. But I think Gilbert would have to sell that team first. Yeah, I think that's what happened. I don't think Gilbert's. I don't know how that works. If like if you have to agree to sell the team to somebody or because it's a public trading thing that if you have the money, you can just buy it from somebody. I don't know how that works. But if Gilbert has a choice, he's not selling it to LeBron. Yeah. So we had, uh, I mean, we've kind of just gone everywhere with the NBA. I wanted to touch a little bit on baseball with you this week. Okay. Some things that I've been looking at. Uh, So the Red Sox are 33 games over 500. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, they're... They're doing it on the road, at home. It doesn't matter. They're scoring. I think they had the most runs in all of baseball. Let me just double-check all that. They've scored 489 runs. Bro, they have two dudes who are legitimate. Like, I think that there is a four-way race for the American League MVP this year. And part of this is me being biased. But you can look at the numbers. I think that race is Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, Mike Trout and Jose Ramirez and I have Jose Ramirez fourth because he'll never win it because he plays for Cleveland but those guys if you go look at all the offensive stats in baseball those guys are except maybe batting average those guys are all in like slugging OPS home runs RBIs those guys are all in the top four Boston has two of those guys and J.D. Martinez and Mike Trout's having his best year ever but this is a year where I think J.D. Martinez is the AL MVP and they've got Chris Sale Price is pitching better. Porcello, and that team's loaded, bro. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and, and this it, is with Dustin Pedroia being nowhere to be found. Which is crazy because the Yankees put this team together or whatever, and the Red Sox have outscored them by almost forty runs. Well, and the Yankees, 
poor I mean I'm not saying poor Yankees are the Yankees but I mean you think about what the Yankees are doing they have Tanaka's having a good year Serabino might be the Cy Young favorite right now um Judge and Stanton are starting to hit better Judge has 25 home runs already and they're just in the wrong division like they're just in the wrong division they're going to be a wild it's there was a, this happened years ago where there was a team that won 100 games it was actually in 1993 that they, in the next year they went to the wild card in the strike year. The San Francisco Giants won 100 games and didn't make the playoffs because the Braves won 101. Oh, I so remember the, that. So the Yankees may be a 100-win wild card team, and then you're stuck in this one-game playoff against probably Seattle. Because if you look at the AL standings, it's pretty much a wrap. Yeah. Oakland's still kind There's, of in there, but it's almost set. They're seven games back of Seattle. No, there's six and there's six and a half. Uh, but let me tell you this: you think that run difference? That just think about the run differential for Houston Astros. They scored 472 runs. Pretty, I mean, that's I think that's like second in the majors. Listen to run average. Uh, runs allowed: 284. So let me tell you something, and I know that the two other guys on the show, you and David, do not like Houston. It's scary to think about that the Astros almost sent four pitchers to the All-Star game this year. Verlander's having a great year. Garrett Cole's having a great year. Keuchel's having a decent year. We're talking so much about the Red Sox and the Yankees that no one's really talking about the Indians because they've kind of struggled lately, and I get that as an Indians fan. No one's really talking about Houston, and that's dangerous. Yeah, they they've quietly are sixty one and thirty one, and they won the World Series last year, and they got better. All right, so listen to this craziness. All right, Seattle is only four games back, or three and a half back, of the Astros, right? Really, I did not know that. Their run differential is only seventeen, and the yes. Astros is a hundred and eighty eight. So Seattle has, um, if you look at what Seattle has done, I don't know what the stat is, but they're really good in one-run games. Yes. Um, a lot of people don't know if that can last, but, I mean, they're wild-card lead. And remind you, Robinson Cano is gone. I mean, if he comes back, he's still ineligible for the postseason because of the steroid ban. Or should I say performance-enhancing drugs? I don't know what the substance oh, was. I was going to ask you about that. So he comes back, can't play in the playoffs, right? Right. Of the suspension rules. So, do you start him when he comes back? Well, because remember, he cannot play in the playoffs. If he helps you get to the playoffs, and I don't know what his contract situation is, but I know he's getting paid a crap ton of money. And it's uh, the old adage of do you have somebody on your roster that you're paying that much money to not play them? That's why a lot of times you'll see guys that have stupid contracts in baseball and they'll be batting like 205, but they'll still play him because, well, crap, we're already paying him a hundred million dollars. Um, they tried that with Sandoval in Boston and finally they were just like, or I think, I don't know if that was when he was in Boston or when he went to, uh, yeah, when he went from San Francisco to Boston and he was terrible. They finally were just like, Hey, like, I think, I don't know. That's weird because it depends on what the guy at his position is playing like. D. Gordon. And I'm looking at it. Hold on. I got to pull it. I didn't have it. All right. 
this year he is batting 292. No, that's his career. He's batting 284. There we go. His on base percentage is over 300. Okay. He has 22 stolen bases. He's only struck out 49 times out of 334. He's got 95 hits. I mean, he's only got 21 RBIs, but that's really not what you need him for. So, I mean, he's not playing bad, and they're playing now, really now, good. Now, D. Gordon plays second base? Yes. And their DH is Nelson Cruz? Uh, I yeah, I would so. assume so. Cause yeah, because yeah, you remember the last time we saw Nelson Cruz in the outfit. I won't bring that up. but You did, though. You did, I though. did, though. I did, though. I know, dude. I wanted y'all to win that World Series so bad. But Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I I think this year, I mean, there's nowhere to play Cano. Yeah. I mean, you you don't disrupt that chemistry, especially because he got like a, like a, a stupid long suspension. It was like... Like, he wouldn't be back till like, August or something, or, like, September. And so there's no point in playing him there. I think you just tell him, hey, like, come back next year. Yeah. Because then you start getting the steroid questions, and it becomes a distraction, even though I don't think Seattle's going to do anything this year, playoff-wise. So, so I'm looking at all these splits uh, for D. Gordon, and nothing really jumps off the page like, oh, that's so crazy. Like in March, he batted 375. And then. In March. In eight, which is only eight bats. That's before. <laughs> this is before the suspension. Then suspension happened in April. 304, 291. Had a little slump in June. But still had the most hits. He just had a, a crap ton of at bats. He still had 30 hits. So, I mean. He's. His, his worst month, he batted 284, 248. So my question would be, where was D. Gordon playing when Robinson Cano was in the lineup? Nowhere. Well, yeah, Cano did get sus- Cano got suspended like really early in the season, didn't he? Or like it was like late April, I think it was somewhere around there. Yeah, because it goes in March. He had. Eight at bats, or got five minutes left. But I just kind of want to end. This is what I really wanted to ask you about baseball: is like, do you start a dude making over a hundred million dollars? <laughs> like, is he a bench player because of the playoff run? But it's eight at bats, one hundred and two at bats, seventy nine at bats, one hundred twenty one at bats in the last three months. Yeah, he's become your everyday player, and it's and I, if you weren't in a pennant race, and yeah, you play Cano just because. I mean, you're paying him the money, but now it's like you don't just take D. Because I mean, you, if you're going to need D. Gordon in the postseason, so you absolutely have to still play him. So the two teams you're going to play the most are Houston and Oakland, right? If you're Seattle, yeah, yes. So Houston, he's not batting very well, but not a lot of people are. He's only batting 200, but against Oakland, he's 14 for 27. D. Gordon is yes batting 556 or no oh, that's a, batting 519 so that's a, that's a no-brainer answer. that's your yeah. answer like one of the two teams you're gonna play a crap ton oh we're the rangers because you're gonna play them quite a bit batting 300 so like the teams you're gonna play the most he's batting a very very high percentage or a, a high average so like why like i look at all these splits there's so much there's really not any big jumps 
where like, oh, he's bad here, oh, he's bad there, where you can just, I mean, yeah, they're going to probably split time between him and Cano, but uh, I think it's a no-brainer. You, like on days where, on, let's say, a, a day game after a night game, yeah, you're probably going to play Cano, but on day-to-day, it's probably going to be a day-to-day thing, in my opinion, uh, depending on maybe a matchup, but this is probably the first time a, a big contract like Cano is going to come off a suspension and not giving his job back. Right. And the other thing, too, is... So, I have a quick question. Do you think that Cano was a borderline Hall of Fame candidate before this? No. no. You don't think so? No, I don't. I don't think, I think... If he wasn't a Yankee, would he be in this conversation? I mean, he has some really good years there, but... Um... I don't. I don't think so either. I think that he was. I think he could have. I think he could have padded enough stats to get up there without the steroids. Just because I've started, it's really hard because it's it's one of those things. Is like the criteria for the Hall of Fame is so wishy washy now because home runs have been devalued because of yeah. steroids, and, and then you start looking at guys like like I was thinking about this with Corey Kluber. As good as a run as Kluber's had, he's thirty three years old. So at some point he's going to fall off, and he's not going to have amassed. And, and because pitchers don't pitch as long anymore, as in like innings, yeah. so there's a, there's a, there, there's a lot more no decisions now. Like nobody wins twenty games anymore. No. But Kluber's got Kluber's got two Cy Youngs, but I just I was like, man, like he's going to be remembered as probably a top ten pitcher in Indians history, but he's not going to be able to amass the numbers because Hall yeah. of Fame is so based on numbers. And now, then we have all these war and. All, all these analytical stats that I don't understand. I mean, because like that's what helps Trout out. Is that Trout is so good in those analytical stats? And if you watch baseball, you just know how good he is. So I have a question. Of, now that we've talked about Trout, I want to bring up Bryce Harper. And we're gonna have to table this for next week. Oh, are we out of time. Forty seconds, brother. Mm-hmm. All right. So so next week we're gonna talk about whether or not Bryce Harper should be. A max contract guy batting 218, but he's still getting home runs and walking a whole bunch. And then we'll also talk about the shift next week. I hate that. I hate it so bad. But oh, you'll hear why next week. Rehab Sports, guys. Check us out Tuesday. Been real, guys.